Hi everybody, welcome to the Vanquish Your Business Demons podcast with Julia Stock and Andrea Sexton. Hello. Hello, hi everyone. Good so, to be here. <laughs> and we're back to our 8am Monday morning recording, yeah. aren't we? Ooh, yeah. 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 This has got success written all over it. Um, <laughs> we wanted to talk about staff training today, didn't we? We did, yeah. And um, that's the sound of tumbleweeds passing past our audience on it. Oh. <laughs> what? What really a dry sounding <laughs> Because in my experience, an awful lot of small business owners don't do it. Yeah. What do you find? Um, yeah, same. It's um, because there's so much um, kind of fighting fires and yep. doing that you have to specifically set time aside and be very kind of proactive and conscious about why you need to train your staff and what the point is and set proper time for that. Yes. Yeah. And in a world where there isn't enough time for anything why would you do that because you know as business owners we focus on what's important we focus on what's urgent we definitely focus on what's both important and urgent um and in that world staff training isn't seen as any of those yeah um there's a couple of reasons for that one unless you've got a training background or have previously been employed in a business that has really focused on staff training, um, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, true. So if you don't know what you're doing, you'd look at it and go, too scary, too big a thing to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's neither urgent or important, then... It falls down the little list. Doesn't it? It really does. Mm, um, yeah. Or you go down the thing of outsourcing it. So particularly if you're in a very regulated sector, mm. um, so I'm thinking construction, financial services, professions, where you have this um, requirement for ongoing professional development. Um, so in construction, you've got lots of different badges that you need to get. Mm. Um um, in order to demonstrate that you're running a safe site, which given yeah. that you could kill people, quite important. Quite important, yeah. Within the professions, it's about that regulation in order to keep having um, the ability to trade, which is quite important as well. Indeed, yeah. Um, at which point it's very set out what you have to do and very easy to just plonk people on a course yeah um and it's that bare minimum approach that lots of people have and don't see the importance of going beyond that yeah yeah i see that a lot i mean i guess um for those people who've got businesses that are highly regulated um that bare minimum is you know to them that is an important thing so they're gonna they're gonna do that but it's like what um what i find is when I'm talking to my staff about what they want to be trained in, um, the delight that they haven't been asked yep. um, is yeah, that's a real that's a really, really big motivator um, 
to the staff. It, they don't see it as a, oh no, we need to go and do, you know, they're, they're genuinely excited about the opportunity to learn and um, to improve their careers. Which is a really interesting point, linking back into a whole bunch of wider businessy themes. She's about mm. to go off on them. Um, mm. One, we need to look at staff retention and engagement factors. Um, yeah. Our job as a business owner is to keep to get our staff to be as amazing as possible, because the more amazing our staff are, the less we have to work. Call it yeah. latent self-interest. Yeah. <laughs> also, the better we treat them in terms of tuning into what excites them as individuals means that they'll stay longer. Again, yeah. being blatantly self-interested as a business owner that reduces your costs it does. yeah um and makes it easier to make money because you're not having that constant need to recruit new staff deal with all the numptiness that new staff bring um and all of the fires that new staff bring yeah. in terms of they you know upset the customers they do stupid things um if we can keep our existing staff happy and productive for longer that yeah. is easier yeah absolutely so yeah. it really is blatant self-interest yeah. um which is why we should do this stuff back to retention and engagement mm. um don't use your initiative in terms of what will excite your staff you can ask them yeah be aware of the power imbalance means that they will lie to you <laughs> Yeah, especially if you have staff who are people pleasers. Yeah, And yeah. within PR, there are definitely staff who are people pleasers. I'm not saying any of them are yours. Um, <laughs> but they will have that tendency to agree with you because that's mm. what they think they should be doing. Yeah. Um, this is where psychometrics can really help. Um, yeah. So the lovely Harrison assessments, for example have a section on retention and engagement factors yeah there's about 10 of them who knew mm. um what's interesting about those is how they don't necessarily chime and match with what the employer is doing yeah that's true yeah. um and consistently training and personal development for most people score highly yeah um you look at all the gimmicks around, you know, having pool tables in offices, you know, all the stuff that kind of come out Ooh. of Silicon Valley in the last couple of decades. Yeah. Um, let's do this and this and this. Actually, it doesn't resonate that highly with a lot of people. Yes, they like it. Mm. And all factors being equal, if they're cho choosing between two jobs, the pool table may be what sways it. <laughs> um, and... You know, the social life is very important to some people, but actually most people are there to work mm. and see their employer as being more useful in terms of personal development, career yeah. development. They want to get on. They yeah. want to do well. So an employer who does that for them and engages in those mm. conversations is an employer we want. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's the um, what are your thoughts on like the balance between um, 
staff kind of um, taking um, responsibility themselves to look out for things they want to learn, um, learn and train in and at what you know what should the owner of the business be looking at for what they want their staff to train and where's the balance between it depends things. on you as a business owner. Yeah. You know I'm at the interventionist end of the scale. <laughs> <laughs> the more laissez-faire you are about it and the more balance you put on your staff, the less focus your spend will be. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. You know, you yeah. talk about people going on flower arranging courses. I mean, I've been given a training budget before in previous roles in previous companies. Um, and it was completely like you can go and do whatever you want with this. Like literally, I could have gone and done flower arranging. There's which, nothing wrong with flower arranging, which is by lovely. The way. It's um, great, but it wasn't relevant to, uh, particularly relevant to being a lecturer in animal science at that time. And that's the problem with the laissez-faire yeah. attitude. Is mm. while it can allow your, you know, if you're. I suppose it comes back to what it is you're trying to achieve with this training budget. Mm. Is the training budget around um, making the staff feel loved and yeah. cared for yeah. and helping them achieve their wider Zen self actualization? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. Or is it about actually making them better at their job? Yeah. I'd love to think that um, the provide the person people I work for who gave me the wide training budget were caring about my zen and my think about it your job as a business owner is to protect the interest of the business yeah absolutely Andrea's wider zen self-actualization may or may not improve her performance at work and therefore, yeah. the flower arranging, of course, may make you feel more attuned to your employer, more likely to stay, a little bit yeah. more likely to put up with their nonsense. Thank However, mm. if we actually pin down into why you're not really coping with your employer's nonsense, is it that your <laughs> boss is as disorganized as anything? Is it mm. actually that you've got time management or organization issues? Mm. Um, why don't we fix those? yeah yeah that's the thing because that's... ultimately fixing that is mm. going to make you happier yeah yeah <laughs> um, definitely. yeah you know yeah the training budget should be used to fix actual problems that we have yeah um training is not the solution to every problem i used to have a boss who thought more staff training was the solution to every problem um mm. It wasn't. <laughs> we did a lot of training. Um, you have to combine the training with the performance management. Yeah. You have to yeah. make people implement the training. Just going mm -hmm. on the training doesn't get you any further forward. Our job is to present solutions to real problems. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which means you've got to be engaged and interested enough to identify what that actually is yeah that makes sense um then once you've identified what the problem actually is you can put together something that's really targeted into that problem and it's yeah. probably not going to be something off the shelf 
again if training freaks you out find somebody where training doesn't freak them out there's loads mm. of people out there who adore doing training yeah um, i love doing staff training sessions they're great but unlike a lot of other trainers i will really try to under underpin but to find out what is the actual issue because mm. as we've spoken about before it's the conceptualization of those sessions you know we talked yeah. about it last week with the webinar what are mm. you trying to achieve those yeah. objectives yeah um once you know what you're trying to achieve brilliant mm. we can put together a fantastic session yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually that. going off training this week as well with some and another company because uh, yeah, yeah, this is there's, good. Yeah. There's plenty of people out there that will help you do it. So mm. you being scared about it isn't a good enough reason to not do it. Um, yes, you can be going. Oh my god, everybody's off the tools. We're not going to earn any money. It costs me the loads of money in the business. But these performance problems that you're mm. finding, they're costing the business as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, so one thing that I've been looking at mm -hmm. is um, training that uh, is CPD yeah. and whether we as a business should be looking at it more formula. Um, more formally so that we do use have have some training that is like it is um certified so that um people can use that for cpd points and that kind of thing what's your what's your view on that for a smaller i think unless thing? you have to engage with cpd points yeah. because a client is making you a regulator's making you um you're just randomly adding in bureaucracy for no great reason. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. You're back yeah. to what, why are you doing this? Why, why is this interesting? Yeah. yeah. Um, nobody ever really does CPD because they want to. <laughs> no, it um, does have a little bit of a, a, like inherent doom over it. <laughs> Most CPD is fairly dreadful because you know we can get away with it being rubbish because you've got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's train. You know, training is about continuous professional development or continuous development, um, mm. but it's development of the business. It's about improving things. It's about improving mm. our performance, improving our knowledge and our skills as part of improving our performance. Um, we have to be aware again going back to the language of of harrison and psychometrics some people aren't that excited about developing themselves um yeah. they are allowed to say i feel like i'm good enough <sighs> yeah mm. i'm all about staff training and personal personal development but actually if you look at my harrison profile at the moment in terms of personal development i'm a little bit yeah. meh because <laughs> actually I feel like I'm good enough. I've done loads of stuff in the past for what my job needs me to do right now. I'm pretty good. Um, lots of people will be going, oh, what book have you read recently on business? Uh, I haven't. Oh, you know, I, I know, there's me at the other side of that scale. Side of that scale. Absolutely. Like, um, because we're yeah. in different places. Yeah. 
um, you feel like you don't know it all. Whereas I'm looking at it going, yeah, I'm good. Actually, that doesn't mean I'm not learning all the time. I'm learning by doing. I'm taking information in. I'm Mm. thinking about it, reflecting on it, processing it. But in terms of this need to be reading business books, Mm. no, I'm good. Mainly because, Um, you know, when people like you and others like you describe the latest book, I listen to it and go, that sounds pretty much like remarketed the same stuff. You know, you might have called it, you know, the 37 steps to a great sales process. Yes, the same stuff. pretty much the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. It's just somebody's personal rebranding, retention seeking. Um, um, Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because we both, um, like you say, like you're learning. And I'd imagine that actually when you're, in a set in a coaching session and you're coaching someone through something you're learning by their response to what you're coaching them yeah you refer the art of being a reflective practitioner very Mm. policy language um is a good one the reflective practitioner Mm. must be said with a plum in one's mouth um (laughs) but it's a really valid point around reflecting back on things that have happened identifying Mm. what went well identifying what needs to be improved it's not about beating yourself up that's self-criticality it's about going yeah that could have gone better because of this that and the other we have a half day webinar on around kpis yeah um and it's called six numbers to run your business it's a fabulous session we deliver it through the medium of camel racing you do, yes. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. We were delivering it pre-COVID, face-to-face. During yeah. COVID, we tried to deliver it online. It didn't work. Mm. Um, because it just, the activity did not translate to being online. Say, camels didn't like Zoom. Camels <laughs> did not like Zoom. Um, and so we haven't really delivered it since then because yeah. we've pretty much gone back online. Um, yeah. And it doesn't work. Now, I could beat myself up on it. Um, or one day I'll get round to running it again because the camel racing was a fabulous session. <laughs> um, but also the world has kind of moved on. So I either need to yeah. reflect on how can I get the camels online? Yeah. Or accept the camels don't work online. We no. need to find the enthusiasm one day for um, yeah. bringing them back. Yeah, no camels were injured or harmed in the recording of this podcast. They weren't. They're <laughs> mythical camels. Absolutely <laughs> mythical camels. Um, yeah, I need to bring them back. Um, yeah. But, yeah, sometimes yeah, things don't work. If yeah. I was being very self-critical, then I could beat myself up on the why didn't I spot that it wouldn't work and blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, the learning is, yeah, that one has to be done face-to-face. All yeah. right, then. Oh, well then, fair enough. Absolutely yeah. fine. Actually, we are delivering it face-to-face. We're doing it for the Chamber of Commerce later in the year. Um, oh, well, that's good fun. There you go. September, Somerset Chamber of Commerce. If you want to do live camel racing, the camels are back mm. in September. You heard it here first. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, again, it's about understanding where your staff are at. If they're not in the mood for self-development, 
it depends on whether their skills are already good enough. Yes. If you're already amazing at something, you don't need to do more training in it. That doesn't mean that you don't need to attend staff training, though, on that topic. Yeah. It's how you design the session. So, for example, if I was doing staff training with you guys, you have Mm. skills that are head and shoulders above the rest of your team if you were part of a larger organization. So I would then be looking at how can I use Andrea within the delivery of this session Mm. and her genius, which bigs Mm. up Andrea, look at me in front of everybody, um, takes the pressure off me and delivering the session and means you're still there for all of the team building and the conversation and the bonding side of it. And the other nice juicy bits that come out of it. The opportunity to gossip with people away from the coalface and just be. And when we don't do staff training, we don't get any of these wider benefits on me. The opportunity, again, for us to collectively reflect on how to do Mm. these things better. Again, with my training background, we used to have to do a lot of standardisation. It's one of those activities that was inflicted by the awarding bodies yeah um to make sure that everybody was marking to the same standard and you know everybody was doing it in the same way quite important um so it's one of those bits of good practice that were inflicted but actually were fundamentally genius Mm. so for example you could be setting your team a specific exercise about writing a press release or a blog or an article and you are looking at what comes out, critiquing, which is not the same as being critical. Yeah. Critiquing is about looking for the good and the bad and yeah. making a judgment. Mm. Um, or you could take an article that somebody had written and then critique it in terms yeah. of how can we make this better? Yeah. Being rude about other people's work is a great way to learn. It's a fantastic way to learn. So we would have, you know, units that somebody had marked and we would get everybody to remark them and be talking about what they had found. Yeah. Normally you'd deliberately pick something that was ropey. You know, picking something that's amazing doesn't give you much juice. No. Um, But it allows the good people to be teaching the weaker people Mm. around what they know so it's a really good activity even for the most experienced staff Mm. in terms of oh same as you know you could critique a plumbing installation what's gone wrong here why is this not working why is it doing this um so it's a great technique for collective learning yes and also people get to have a little bit of fun have a chat and a natter You always set them a little bit more time than they strictly need. So Mm. they can kind of get on and talk about wider things. And that's part of bonding. Yeah, I think collective learning is actually a really nice phrase because it's, um, you know, you say that instead of, oh, we're going to do some team training. If you don't say we're going to do some collective learning. It's just as nauseating. To me, that sounds better, but you know, I'm weird, so that's fine. <laughs> what you have to do is make it part of the organization's culture. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. 
training or lack of it is already how we do things around here so if you're going to do staff training you need to put it in the diary it needs to be an expectation we used to do monthly training yeah we were a training company training was a big solution to problems but also within that partly that was required by the standardization stuff yeah yeah um but actually it became part of the culture it was normal Um, yeah yes it was a massive cost to the business you know you would add it up and it was over a hundred thousand pounds a year that we would be spending on making this stuff happen but we made it fundamental to how we ran the business yeah um and it worked Mm. (laughs) um especially when you've got hybrid or diffuse teams or people who are working from home it can often be the only chance you're really seeing them yeah contact yeah it is and um you know we've got a day in june and everyone is really looking forward to it they're really looking forward to it it's really um it's really important um because yes we do our we do our zoom catch-ups and everything and we have no we have like at work ones and and coffee chat random perhaps ones um but it's not the same just not the same um no. so yeah it's exciting it, it's motivational that we're getting together yeah and the most important thing about that is that it is good yeah um yeah. you don't have to waste a lot of money on knob spells and whistles no um what you have to do is make it so that people learn stuff that they can yeah. apply to their job that it is good yeah it's a great yeah. experience they're not bored oh no i've got a really good plan I know <laughs> i'm not letting it out either on here because then they'll hear it no <laughs> you need them to sit back at the end of the day and go that was good yeah um, you don't Absolutely. have to waste a load of money on getting a posh team building company in it's more important that they learn and yeah. get to be involved in the future of the business so it's that mm-hmm. you know reflection on what have we achieved where are we what are we feeling good about where mm-hmm. are we going next it's your great opportunity to present your vision Indeed. Um, yeah because you're bringing everybody together you're lining up all your little ducks all in a yeah. row and yeah. um yeah add in some staff training it's a really really good mix um as you grow then you might want to bring in some feistier team building yeah um you know uh, i think my favorite day ever with my staff was we were at a venue next to the river thames um the staff team aged from about 18 to about 75. wow that's a good range yeah uh, yeah. We had at least one lady in a mobility scooter. Right. Um, you know, so you've got a hefty rate ability range. Um, yes. <laughs> we did raft building on the River Thames. Amazing. Thames. So, um, yeah. Now, admittedly, the lady on the mobility scooter did not go on the raft. I was going to say, that was quite a hefty raft. <laughs> bit harsh. Um, very harsh. That's unbecoming no, to I me. thought it was heavy might be heavy the mobility scooter stayed on, on on dry land 
Oh, um, okay, right. But yeah, we did raft building and I got a whole Amazing. bunch of people having this race on the raft down the River Thames. That's brilliant. Exactly. So yeah. yes, we were using a company to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, you kind of still reflect on that back and go, yeah, that was yeah. a good day. Yeah, did anyone fall in? It got very listy. I definitely got a soggy arse. <laughs> like an absolute riot actually i think it was in the same team as mr not bill which was great for the raft not falling apart on the river but then part yeah. of the contest was who could un not their raft the quickest and we failed at that point so we got out the river at the beginning and then came last because we couldn't undo his knots <laughs> did he over engineer it you know the answer to that question <laughs> Whereas the people with the soggy ass, their raft just kind of came out and fell apart. It was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> See? That's yes. very fun. Yeah. And those kind of experiences last for years. They bring people together for years. They're the mm. kind of stuff that people talk about. You can do it with a whole bunch of sellotape and loo rolls and who can build the biggest tower and all that kind of stuff because it's not about what you're doing, it's who you're doing it with and how you're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Love um, it. So, yeah, I look forward to finding out what you get up to. Amazing. So, yes, staff training, very important in summary, 29 minutes later. Excellent. Thanks, Julia. Thanks for <laughs> listening, everybody.